Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 62nd episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. Wow, what a week. Many of you listening are now quarantined, while others are on the front lines of the hospitals. Your kids are out of school indefinitely. Many of you are trying to work from home, and others have lost their jobs. There are so many hard things, but a big one is we just don't know. We are in a big time of uncertainty. Everyone listening right now has experienced some major disappointments and big fears. The million-dollar question that most moms are asking right now is how long before our kids can go back to school and we get our life back? And the hard part is we just don't know. In the meantime, I am here for you. And where I can help is to give you practical advice on how to take care of you and how to make the most of your time with your teens. You can email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com. Let me know what are some of your biggest challenges right now, and I would love to address some in my next podcast. Also, um, I'm going to start the Dial Down the Drama book club in April, where we meet once a week by phone or Zoom, and I could discuss some of the key points of each chapter, and then I'm going to open it up to Ask Me Anything group call. This is an opportunity for me to support you every week during this unprecedented time. So if you are interested in participating in the Dial Down the Drama book club, uh, you can email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com. As all of you know, this is an unprecedented time in our history. Unprecedented, meaning never done or known before. Our old life has been temporarily suspended. For many of the Houston schools last week, it was spring break. And part of the week felt somewhat normal because teens were supposed to be out of school. Although most of the teams I talked to were disappointed because their really fun plans had been canceled. And the other thing that seemed odd was less cars on the street and that I've never seen so many people walking around, running, or riding their bikes. And and that's a good thing. But this week we enter into a whole new realm. Mom, soon your inner alarm is going to go off and you're going to feel like, okay, everyone needs to get out of the house and get back to school now. And your kids are going to feel the same way. They want to get back to what they normally do. Everyone in your family is going to feel restless and off kilter this week because it's not normal. Moms, this is new territory and there are lots of unknowns. The old rules and expectations don't apply. So in this episode, I want to give you six guidelines for this unprecedented time. Number one, the first guideline for this unprecedented time is that it's a time to be understanding. Everyone in your family is experiencing fear at some level. It's going to be either in the forefront of your mind or playing somewhere in the background like some heavy metal music coming through your teen's closed door. 
You can't escape fear in a time of uncertainty because you have lost control of your normal. The CDC and public officials are making decisions for you and your kids. You can't control the stock market. Many of you can't control how this impacts your finances. You can't control your teen's mood. When you feel out of control, it makes you more dependent on the news. And we are like a moth to a flame, hoping for some hint of good news. But most of the time, we are bombarded with really bad news, and then it's hard to discern what is true, what is fear-mongering. Fear-mongering is defined as the spreading of frightening and exaggerated rumors of an impending danger to purposely arouse fear in order to manipulate the public. So whether it's valid fear or fear-mongering, all of this is affecting everyone in your family. Each and every one of you in your family are experiencing fear and disappointment. This is why time for understanding is the first guideline. There's a real strong chance that everyone in your family will lose it or have a meltdown this week. If this happens, congratulate yourself. You're having a normal reaction to an unprecedented time. This time to be understanding means that you accept that every person in your family will feel strong feelings at some point of the day or week for different reasons, at different times, and with different reactions. It can manifest in theatrical meltdowns, or anger outbursts, or F-everything attitude, or become obstinate, or just completely shut down. You may see the best of your teens, but you are going to see the worst, for sure. And good chance your teens are not going to see the best side of you either all the time. And if they do, that doesn't mean that you are a failure as a parent. You are human. Here are two really important things to remember here. These reactions are normal in this unprecedented time, and it's not personal. It's not fun to be the recipient of the anger or witness the meltdowns, but it will be significantly easier to tolerate if you know it's normal and that you are not a bad mom. And I'm going to let you off the hook here. Your job is not to make everyone happy. They get to feel negative feelings at this time. You want to have a home environment where it's okay to feel what you're feeling. And it's very empowering to not only feel your feelings, but to name your feelings. It actually helps members of your family not act out or offload their feelings onto each other just by naming what they feel. One practical thing you can do each day is a simple check-in with your teens. Ask your teen to choose one word that describes how they're feeling at that time, like angry, upset, disappointed, sad, bored, numb, chill. And you can tell them your word. You're not trying to fix anyone here. You're just giving them permission to feel what they're already feeling and name it. A good follow-up question after that is, what do you need right now? The answer could be, I need to take a nap. I need some alone time. I need to watch a show. I need something to do. And unfortunately, many things that they need right now, they can't have, like having all their friends over or get their normal life back. But within these limitations, it's important that they find what they need. Also, when there's a little volcanic exchange between you and your teen, part of what both of you need is some time to recover. You need space. So make sure that you claim that for yourself. Your teens will grow in their emotional maturity when they're able to articulate their feelings, feel the feelings, and know what they need at that time. Understanding that this unprecedented time is extremely difficult on parent and teen alike, 
leads us to the second guideline. It's time for low expectations. It's time to put your high expectations in the bottom drawer for a while. It's time to dial way down your expectations for yourself, your partner, and your teens. This is not a time of high productivity. It's time to let go of that feeling of pressure to get things done or or get things right for both you and your teens. Do you know what's awesome about low expectations? You're going to feel better about yourself, your spouse, and your teens. No one is thriving here in this unprecedented time. No one's doing better than you. Anne Lamott said that expectations are resentments waiting to happen. High expectations at this time is unrealistic and will lead to you resenting your spouse and teens. Bottom line, resentment leads to drama. Here are two areas that it'd be wise to have low expectations in this unprecedented time. One, how clean your house is, and two, around schoolwork. Let's talk about the house. Now that you are stuck at home, then you're going to start seeing things that you normally have a blind eye to because you're out and about with your full life. But now that you are grounded, all you can see are those annoying things. Like this room needs to be painted. This whole bathroom needs a makeover. Gosh, I haven't changed my pictures since my son or daughter were babies. These annoying things capture your attention, and now that's all you can see, like some Instagram story with arrows flashing and pointing at it and a little pouty face emojis. Your home may not look that different than before, but now you have all this time to look at it. And then let's just be practical. If your family is at home quarantined, that's a lot of people in the house a great deal of the time. Your teen's room is probably going to be messy. Their stuff will be left on the kitchen table or in the living room or on that bathroom floor. Trying to have a perfect house at this time will be an uphill battle to no avail. But here's what you can do. Have no mess zones in the house. Because, Mom, you need a space that is clutter-free. That could be the living room and dining room or your office or your bedroom. Maybe you do tackle your closet that you're noticing is stuffed with God knows what. It will feel really good to have one place in your house that's exactly the way you want it. In this unprecedented time, I'm not saying that you don't have any expectations about the house. Just keep them low. Growing up, my mom was a perfectionist, and you had to get everything right. This was not my dad's message. His was, it's close enough. And I know I think there's time for both, but in this unprecedented time, close enough is good enough. Now, your kids are doing school from home, and unless you are a homeschool parent, my guess is that you never, ever intended to be teaching your teen anything, and that's not your skill set. You intuitively knew that just wouldn't go well, that we'd be just pouring gasoline on the fire, but now you're expected to make sure your teens are getting their work done from home. Mom, this whole thing is a learning curve for everyone. Teachers are trying to figure out how they're supposed to teach online. Most teens are not going to be very motivated to do their work online or to do their homework, which puts you in a hard and difficult position. I sure wouldn't have known how to help my daughter with her high school classes. That was way beyond my league. This is new for all of you, which means that you're all beginners. So give yourself the gift of accepting that this whole thing isn't going to come out perfect the first time. It's going to be messy. 
In other words, embrace your low expectations. Low expectations will lower your stress and allow you to keep your sense of humor, which will get you through this time. And this leads us to the third guideline for an unprecedented time. This is a time to be flexible. Moms, because we've never done this before, we have to let go of there being a right way to do something. Because there is no one right way at this time. Now, if there is no right way, we have to let go of being rigid. You become rigid when you think you know the right way. Being rigid with yourself or your teen at this time is not going to serve you well. Rigidity will lead to drama. This is a time to be flexible. The question you want to ask yourself is what I'm doing or what my teen is doing working? Or is how I'm interacting with my teen working? If you're losing it with your teen and it's amping up the drama, it's not working. So this is really important. If it's not working, this does not mean that you are a failure. It just means it's not working. So if you don't take it personally, it will be much easier to be flexible. And here's what works with many of my clients. Think of it as an experiment and try approaching it a different way. And this will especially be helpful around all things school. You want to keep trying things differently to see what works the best. Remember when you had a fussy baby? You would keep trying a hodgepodge of things till that baby would settle down. You'd hold her up at the mirror, drive in the car, run in the stroller, sing to her, and you weren't rigid with any one specific way. You wouldn't get mad at the baby for not calming down the right way. No, that would be absurd because what really matters is that you find something that would work. So you want to avoid getting into a power struggle with your teen. See if you can enlist them to be part of the solution. See what ideas they might have and then tell them, okay, let's try that tomorrow as an experiment and let's see how it goes. I know this is a hard one for moms, but you're going to have to be flexible with your schedule right now. Good chance you are going to be interrupted or for another unforeseen reason, it's just not going to work. And this takes us back to having low expectations. Part of flexibility is continuing to make small changes and to keep trying until you find something that works for you. This is a time to be flexible around all things media. During this time of quarantine, you can thank God that teens are so comfortable with connecting through texting and FaceTime, Snapchat, and Instagram. They're going to feel a lot less isolated than adults who would much prefer to be around real-life humans. So in this unprecedented time, it will be helpful to everyone if you loosen up and be flexible with all things media. So if your teens are FaceTiming way more than normal, it's okay in this unprecedented time. They're connecting with their friends, and that helps them feel normal, secure, grounded, and stabilizes them. And the fourth guideline in this unprecedented time is that it's time to be creative. With canceled rehearsals, clubs, practices, and other meetings, there's going to be a lot more downtime. If you have been listening to me for a while, you know I am a big proponent for downtime. One scientist said sleep is to the body as downtime is to the brain. Our brains need downtime. And in our normal lives, we have to intentionally glean moments of downtime in our busy schedules. But one silver lining in this unprecedented time is that there is a lot more downtime. I know I just said that you need to be flexible with screen time, 
but you also want to make sure you have some media breaks. One important part of downtime is that it allows the brain to wander so it has time to process feelings and thoughts and be creative. That is not happening when you are playing video games or watching YouTube, TikTok, or another series on Netflix. If your teens have some downtime, it may feel uncomfortable. They will probably say something like, oh my gosh, I'm so bored, but that's okay. Don't try to fix it. Let them wallow in boredom because eventually they start doing things like drawing or painting or playing with the dog or laughing or actually talking to you, telling you stories or rearranging their room, or they'll pick up their guitar, start dancing around the house, start to sing, take a walk, ride a bicycle, play a game with you, or write a story or journal or build a computer Start doing cartwheels in the grass or handstands. In other words, if they are so bored, they will get creative. Downtime opens up a space for your teen to be creative, and it also opens up a space for you to be creative. When the old way doesn't work, it's time to try new things in new ways. This could be a time that you and your teen bake or try a new recipe for dinner. Here's a question for you. Where can you get creative? Is it having happy hour with your friends over Zoom? Maybe that's reorganizing your closet, sitting down at the piano, painting with your teen or journaling, or trying to entice your teen out of their room with a puzzle or a game. Is it going on a drive with your teen? Let them choose the music. What are some projects that you never have time to get to? What about the box of photographs under your bed that you said that you wanted to organize or make that photo book? All right. The fifth guideline for this unprecedented time is that it's time to lean in. And what do I mean by lean in? First is that you want to lean into you. I know a family that panicked last week and went to the store and bought $1,000 worth of alcohol. And I'm not talking about rubbing alcohol. Now, I love a good glass of wine, but in these times, there's going to be an impulse or drive to numb the freak out. That could be eating a whole bag of chips and salsa that was meant for the entire family, or oops, drinking that whole bottle of wine, or binge-watching 15 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Because we just don't want to feel the feelings. Or deal with an entire family at home. In this time, it's important to anchor to something substantial, and that's not chips. You want to lean into your values, your highest self, your experience, your wisdom, and be present with where you are and how you are feeling right now. You want to lean into your faith and spirituality. You want to anchor to them both. This is why, in this unprecedented time, you need to make you a priority If you don't, you will be a little untethered rowboat bouncing around on hurricane waves. Anchoring to you and your faith provides an inner stability that your family needs right now. You want to lean into habits and disciplines that support you, like yoga and meditation and deep breathing and journaling and reading and inspirational music and online services and podcasts and talking and praying with your people. Your family will thank you. If you are clear and say, Mama's about to lose it. I need my time. There may be some minor protests, but really, they will be glad that you did. 
And after you lean into you, then you will have something to give to others. You lean into your purpose and share your light in any way you can. The last guideline for this unprecedented time is that it's a time for grace. You want to extend grace to yourself and grace to others. We are all doing the best we can. Grace means many things, but it's a combination of forgiveness, letting things go, not getting what you deserve, unmerited favor, unconditional love, and kindness. Little acts of kindness can go a long way in this unprecedented time. In the mornings, I love to walk and say my prayers and tensions, and then get a cup of coffee from Starbucks. Last week, my Starbucks closed, but there was another Starbucks that was about a mile from my house that had a drive through and at that time, they were letting people walk in to get their Starbucks and leave. So I was trying to keep my daily ritual alive, so I did the longer walk. When I got there that day, they had just closed the walk-in part, so the only way I could get my coffee was to go through the drive through And since I was on foot with no car, I just stood there in the parking lot feeling sad. And my reaction was way bigger than the coffee, obviously. It was about how much our lives have been interrupted. And then I noticed that someone was waving to me from their car. And as I got closer, it was one of my mom friends. And she said, hey, what do you need? So I was about to give her my Starbucks card, and she waved her hand and said, no, um, with a big smile on her face, no, that's okay. What do you want? And I told her, and then she bought me my Venti decaf coffee. And I know that was a little thing, but it made my day. It was a little act of kindness. There's so much we can't do, but we can do little acts of kindness. We can reach out to our friends through texts and Zoom. I was in a Zoom call with four of my friends, and one of my friends was running out of toilet paper, like the entire country or world. Another friend on the Zoom call said, My husband's at the grocery store and can buy you some toilet paper right now. And he can drop it off at your front porch. My friend smiled and laughed, and she did get her toilet paper. I could tell it made her day a little brighter. These are the little acts of kindness that we can all do during this unprecedented time to make it a little better. I love you, moms, and I want you to remember, here's some guidelines in this unprecedented time. It's a time to be understanding. It's a time for low expectations. It's a time for flexibility. It's a time for creativity. It's a time to lean in. And it's a time for grace. I love you, and I'll be back next week. Let me know if there's something that you want me to address in the podcast. And also let me know if you would be interested in that Dial Down the Drama book club that's starting in April. Okay, take care, mom. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay home. Till next time. Hey, everybody. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best selling and award winning book, Dial Down the Drama, 
Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.